Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Literally, just, we've just connected to a Zoom call. Yep. And we started talking about the uh, the old Steam Deck, so I thought we might. Here I am, mate. I'm, I'm sweaty. I've literally just finished a workout. I'm just uh, and, and uh, Scott just goes, "We've got to do the pod early. We've got to do the pod early. I've got go, to try go, and go, fit go, in. Go, 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 go. We've got to talk about this new Switch competing thing. There, it's like, go, go, go. I'm just like, oh, let's do it there. Let's do it. So yeah, welcome to the Untitled Banter Podcast. Now with adrenaline. Yeah, now with added shoes uh, par or whatever sort of you want to throw in. But yeah, the Steam Deck blowing up all sorts of expectations last night. Didn't see that coming myself. I didn't see Valve going. Our next move is to literally rip off the Switch, but then do it in a way. That is ironically hilariously doing everything that the OLED switch didn't do last week. Yeah. Um, and just going, here's some more power. Here's all these different sort of pro style handheld features that you everybody thought Nintendo was going to do. Um, and they didn't. They absolutely did not. So there's a massive gap in the market that I think Valve can take full advantage of. And um, you were saying you're not bothered about getting a, a switch anymore and right. switch. So you're just going to switch to the Valve one. Hey, hey. I see what you did there. Oh, well, this, is the, this is the thing though. Like uh, everyone has been following my journey of not buying a switch. For so many years now, and it's become a sort of like what culture legend will Jules buy a switch? And the answer is done? now pretty much no, because if I can have my entire Steam library on uh, a portable mm. and take that wherever I want to go, uh, and it looks like it's going to be able to be uh, you can remod stuff, you can reinstall a ton of stuff, you can completely customize the way that it it's plays. Literally and, a handheld PC, and let's face it, if it is a handheld PC, then it's open to emulations and yeah. stuff like that. So I might be able to have a switch and a PC and take the. Well, I'm not thing. saying that that's what I'm going to do, by the way. <laughs> Legally, I cannot say that. So, no, right. no. Uh, yeah, very, uh, yeah, in a legal space, no one's going to emulate this whatsoever. But in, in, a, in a literal space, they'll, they'll go hog wild. I, just, yes. I was looking at footage of Taz Wanted this morning. You know the old PS2 game? The old cell shit. Of it's course I remember that game. <laughs> what a game that was. I don't know what made me think. Oh, Space Jam, Space Jam being a thing. And um, I just had a oh. flashback to like old Looney Tunes games. Anyway, um, I could play Taz Wanted on the go in 2021 if I got a little got a little Steam Deck. So that I'm just uh, throwing out reasons to get it. Um, but yeah, wait, so, got... wait, wait, wait. Sorry, sorry. Your what? your number one reason is that you could play Taz in 2021. <laughs> That's your <laughs> your first reason to get I, this. I thing. mean, I'm not I'm not lying. I could get Taz Wanted in 720p on on the little Steam Deck, and then yeah. I, I could be playing that on the train. Where else can I play that in 2021? It's I was literally looking at rebuying a PS2. The this morning because i was like how else am i going to be able to get access to this thing um because that's my thing i mean i know that again legally cross fingers whatever can't say stuff swear on the cross and everything but um i'm good it's going to be an emulator machine 
isn't it? I'm just, I'm just saying, uh, it, it's legally you can run emulators because it runs, it runs with a PS2 BIOS. So if you have a PS2, you can copy that BIOS on it, and it legally allows you to play every single game that you actually own physical copies of. They cannot stop you from doing that. I'm just saying that. I don't. So, okay, I've never. I'm not. See, you're more, you're more versed in the dark arts than me. You've had a PC for a while, and I yeah. don't, I don't know any of this. Stuff. <laughs> All the sliders made me run for the hills. But like, I looking at this thing, I was like, oh, if they just streamline the whole process and it works, then I'm in. Of course. Um, speaking of running to the hills, can Go we on. talk about today's music minute? We can. We can, do, we can do a minute on, on the Maiden. And let's talk about Iron Maiden and their new oh my track God. they put out. It's that... called Writing on the Wall. And yep. if you haven't heard it, I'm not a fan of Iron Maiden. <laughs> and even I am a fan of this tune. I think this is a brilliant track. Dude, I, 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 I'm not going to lie. We're completely honest. I had tears in my eyes listening to it. I love Maiden oh. anyway. And um, they were uh, growing up with them and one of the bands that I saw. I saw them on my 25th birthday. I love Iron Maiden. And um, But they haven't done anything for a little while. And they sort of their last album was like 2015. And mm -hmm. I just didn't, I kind of just tuned them out a bit. Like I just hadn't really thought about them in a little while. Um, and it was one of those times where like, yeah, they put the new song out and it's sort of this like dark country blues song. It starts yeah. as like really like yeah. bouncy kind of riff. Um, Bonamassa style kind of riff and then it just goes into a Maiden song and then you get the massive soaring chorus Bruce sounds incredible and it was just that thing of like oh I've missed this I've needed yeah. this and uh, and as soon as they kicked back in I was just yeah just tears in the eyes I was just like this is absolutely glorious I mean if we are to read into it though then maybe yeah. this is going to be their swan song album because it, the the lyrics of writing on the wall talking about mm. the riders of the storm like it's all about the circulation of death like it's coming around and recognizing your own uh, fate within the I world think... so maybe it's the band coming to terms with their own longevity but mm. also their own mortality maybe i mean to get all uh, i think i think it's about the old brexit or the, the best topic to talk Quite about possibly. in england and um, because war bruce um what's his name bruce dickinson is yeah. uh, is a full-on he was a full-on brexit here. So I think I think they've done a song about the reality of post-Brexit England. I think that's what it's about. Um, because I think they've just channeled their lockdown energy into singing about that. But the song's good. It's a good time. And uh, so, yeah, like in terms of a music minute, that's the thing that just blew me completely sideways. Um, last night, I've, that's all I've had on. I've had it on repeat. I woke up to it this morning. That's all I've that's all I'm doing. I'm just listening to that song over and over again. <laughs> I can't wait for the new album to see if it's if it's uh, in keeping with that, then it'll probably be the album that I go, right, cool, I get Iron Maiden mm. now. Like my friend Mark, he's a huge, huge fan of mm -hmm. Iron Maiden. He's been following them like you ever since he was like very, very young. And every time that he's tried to show me tracks, I'm like, there's elements of the band that I really like. Like right. I love the way they approach the concept of solos. I like the like thematic aspect to it i love the fact that they really dial up the stage shows to yeah, like they're ridiculous very like cheesy yeah like but i kind of like that aspect yeah. of it but i just bounce off a lot of like i don't know the song structure themselves sometimes no no I, like that i totally get that i mean i'm saying i'm a huge fan like i am a massive maiden fan but i'm not like memorizing every i don't think they're an album band necessarily like this mm. seventh son of a seventh son is great but like um yeah that, that that's that whole thing with them they're kind of like a little bit cheesy they're a little bit over the top they're a little bit um, like every nearly every song has this bit where we all march like oh we're gonna go march yeah. we're gonna go fight the, the hordes of the thing and uh, there's always that energy and like i'm there for that but like sometimes yeah. there's a bit much of it but the new song writing on the wall is absolutely phenomenal um but yeah the other thing that we had out for this week was you asked what the best final fantasy was which kickstarted oh, a hell of a response now we got a ton of people do you know why i asked that by the way no i don't is it because you were you playing a final fantasy well well this thing i wanted to well, um so i uh recently uh 
got to drive after speaking to my friend Chris about uh, trying to take up Final Fantasy XIV because after Ooh, they had the I whole Realm Reborn well. and like everything, like it had a disastrous launch. We all yeah, know yeah. that. Came back super, super strong. It's been supported in incredible ways. The amount of love that the uh, community has shown for each other. It seems like a brilliant game to play. And Chris described it as an MMORPG where not 90% of the people are dicks. And I'm like, so <laughs> there for that. So I tried to log on and buy myself a copy, but then found out that uh, there's, you can't even buy digital copies of this game. At no, the it's moment. a bit and full. Yeah, because the whole game, well, I mean, every I, single server for Square Enix is full. And that blows my mind in this yeah. day and age. It is weird. I mean, I, I've been playing it as well um, for a reason I don't think I can fully say, but I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy XIV. And uh, that thing, even when you're, because I managed to get into it, but even when you log back in each day, there's a, there's a queue um, yeah. to get in. And it feels really weird because it's just sort of like, oh, you're waiting like 20 minutes to join mm -hmm. any one of the regional servers, um, like region, in-game region. And uh, yeah, it seems like a lot of people have been turned on to fourteen recently, um, kind of out of nowhere. I mean, I know that they did, like they made a lot a big chunk of it free to play and they've added mm -hmm. like a lot more content and stuff but um yeah that game is surprisingly great like for someone who loves the originals um the music the presentation mm -hmm. the, the onboarding like it's it's a long a few hours worth of an on-ramp but like it's it's surprisingly well done Apparently, it was because of um, loads of streamers picking it up mm. um, as like a game to play. And you know how like uh, Among Us uh, like exploded because there yeah. was loads of it was brought to popularity by streaming stuff and Twitch. Mm -hmm. It's the same sort of thing. It just has become a overnight phenomenon again, despite yeah, yeah. being out for so long. People are just suddenly going, yeah, let's give it a try. Well, the thing and is now the they're thing... filling up the service so much that you can't actually give it a try. That, that is ludicrous. I guess they'll do some sort of server expansion or something. Because I think it initially released like, I don't know, 2014 or something. It was yeah, a long time. It was time around ago. that time. Uh, maybe even before then and then they sort of like yeah they've revamped it and everything but yeah that not to make it an entire final fantasy cast but like it's it is awesome walking around a world of final fantasy like just yeah. going like oh there's a marlboro over there or like oh there's a like there's a moogle over there and like just yeah. sort of like you're literally walking through it in a way that like the other games don't feel and i know that obviously 11 was the first online one but i never got that to yeah. work and whatever final fantasy 14 though it's good people and i totally recommend that but is but it overall, the best final fantasy well that's the thing so overall like you just ask people what's the best final fantasy and we got such a swath of responses a lot yeah. A lot of people were actually saying six and nine, not that many going for seven. And um, there were a few people who, who did go for seven saying, obviously it's seven, what are you even talking about? Mm -hmm. But I think we got more people for six and nine just totting them up. Um, and then again, a couple of people saying eight and a couple of people saying 10. Um, and then I do want to um, shout out just a few little quotes from some people. Um, so uh, Shaz said, love nine the most, but started 14 a few months ago um, after years of avoiding it and definitely think it's the best written slash best story in the franchise. That's a hell of a shout. That's uh, a hell of a shout. I know we had uh, Beanie saying Final Fantasy seven obviously has their special place in my heart but my favorite final fantasy is 12 um to which frosty alpha mima says that final fantasy 12 is the worst uh, <laughs> josh king says don't know about it being the best but i love final fantasy tactics and tactics advanced oh, uh, the most great shout um neil says it used to be final fantasy 8 but upon replaying it i found it's not as good as i remember do either of you uh, feel the same uh, about going back to some other final fantasies my favorite is 10 and um, we'll get to that in a sec um mm -hmm. zach says final fantasy 8 doesn't get the love it deserves and um, the junction system was way ahead of its time the visuals and music remain absolutely great um, mm -hmm. and he says which final fantasy boss caught you completely off guard and um, we should talk about um yeah have you gone back to any of them and they haven't hit the same way because yeah um okay. So I recently also went back to do Final Fantasy VIII, and mm -hmm. uh, I remember Final Fantasy VII being like the game that really put my sort of uh, interests on the map. I mm -hmm. absolutely fell in love with the JRPG genre after mm -hmm. that. Uh, played it through to death and was so excited about Final Fantasy VIII to the point where I got annoyed that the game didn't immediately receive 10 out of 10 scores in the official right. PlayStation magazine. I got annoyed at that, and I hadn't <laughs> even played the game. I was one of those kids. So when I finally got we my hands on a copy, yeah, we were all those kids <laughs> at some point, I uh, got my hands on a copy 
copy, played it, absolutely loved it to death. But when I went back to it recently, not only are the graphics quite jarring uh, because of the fact they try to go for this pseudo-realistic approach, but then that's it's very stylized at the same time and sometimes doesn't connect with the world in some ways. I feel mm-hmm. like it, you're part of a, a TV show that was running out of budget, like constantly. <laughs> like that's that's kind at the of time, how it felt. I was like, oh my god, graphics can't get better than this. Yeah, but, like, exactly. That was Especially very polygonal. right. I told you this that um, when I saw Quetzalcoatl, um, the uh, the bird, the lightning bird, uh, guardian force mm-hmm. arrive for the first time, I literally said that to my friend. Graphics will not get now. I'm just kind of like. What even is it? it I know. Like a, it looks like a ghost. Ghost is wearing a long dress. I was just like, <laughs> it's like a weird floating squid thing. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. The thing is with me, I played seven was my first one that I played through a massive chunk of with my friend. I used to make cheese toasties after school and play it every Classic. night. And then because I was young, I didn't know because I, I would have been like eight or whatever. I didn't know that they were all separate games. So like, I went mm-hmm. to get seven from the store and they were sold out. So I just picked up eight and I was like, well, it must be a better version of it because it's Final <laughs> Fantasy VIII. And then obviously it's completely different. So the one that yeah. I ended up playing myself was eight. Um, but but I have a massive soft spot for seven. Um, but also to throw in, um, Zach was saying which Final Fantasy boss caught you completely off guard uh, in terms of design difficulty when they arrive, etc. Um, the first time in any Final Fantasy that I got completely stuck was Unalesca in Final Fantasy X. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Um, three phases. Um, and I just couldn't beat that here at all. Like, it took me, like, two weeks. I was getting up when I was still in school. And I was just getting up every morning to try and have a go before I went to school. And just couldn't do it. And then eventually, I still remember to this day, eventually just just beating her on, like, a Saturday morning um, at, like, 7 in the morning or something. Um, like, I was in terms of, like, a Rocky montage or whatever. But, like, yeah, have you got something like that where it was just, yeah. like, a roadblock? So um, I think I might have told this story on a Chatty Faces way back in the mm. day. Uh, it was a Final Fantasy VIII boss. And uh, you know when um, uh, the principal's wife, is it Edna Ultimacia? Like uh, when she uh, yeah, like, she basically compresses time and mm-hmm. you've got to go through a boss battle where you've got to fight Cypher and then you've got to fight face her directly afterwards. Mm-hmm. Now, at that first point, I unlocked Gilgamesh because I'd had the Odin thing and went through that. And I was like, oh, okay, got through the first boss battle, immediately go into the second one. I got my ass handed to me <laughs> and I couldn't figure out why. And it was because after reading guides, everyone was telling me that I should have used uh, Diablo, one of the other guardian forces, oh, to, to, like, to like get all of his points up so that then I could have uh, synthesized other components to make better weapons that would Mm -hmm. help me out in this battle because i realized that where i was i couldn't go back to go and farm enemies uh, thing for experience points i could only go forward so i literally was stuck there because i was completely under leveled and under prepared Mm -hmm. so at that point in time i had to start again and i was just like i I can't do it i actually had to leave it for a long old time oh god couldn't go back to final fantasy 8 for ages my bit on 8 where i hit that realization was when you go into (laughs) this is going to sound so crazy to people who don't haven't played these games but um or this game but and the bit when you go to space in eight and you have to oh, be yeah. in that yeah, ship yeah, yeah. the aliens and yeah. i saved there and then just kept getting warmed by all those aliens and i was like well i can't go back anywhere um and so like I, yeah i've never actually finished eight i got as far as that alien bit when i was yeah. a kid um, and never got past the alien bit so I, I know the rest of it i've got friends who have finished it and i know the whole the whole crack with that game but uh, i got stuck then um another quote from uh, or something else to throw in from a tweet is awesome dave 1337 vintage elite speak himself and um, says the best final fantasy is the first final fantasy um and also um jacob bright <laughs> says afternoon boys hope you're well and um, for a noob like me who's never played a final fantasy game which one would you recommend to play that one, that's actually a tough one because where do you want okay right i would so i would say nine but yeah i actually one. would say nine because i think that uh nine for me mm-hmm. is i'd say that nine is my personal favorite Interesting. but only because of the fact that i feel like it is what final fantasy 
it's best representing itself in Final Fantasy IX. It's very like a fairy tale, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a fantastical, in every sense of the word, story. Mm -hmm. uh, it focuses on archetypes of characters. You have very interestingly written people with a lot of, they actually have a lot of depth that's surprising mm -hmm. beyond the whole sort of like emo bad boy that you got with Squall or the silent protagonist who had a dark past in uh, Cloud. Mm -hmm. You got Zidane, or Zidane, however you want to pronounce it, mm -hmm. having a sort of more uh, cheeky tone, a more mm -hmm. lighthearted tone. And I felt that that made me resonate with him better. He right. doesn't necessarily have much of a character arc apart from he stays pretty much exactly the same as the end of the game is when he's at the beginning. But mm -hmm. the people around him are very enriching. And I feel oh, as a story, just the way that the the way that it moves between the classic tale of like, you know, your evil empires, your kingdoms coming together, your mm -hmm. elemental things. It felt like the first couple of Final Fantasy games repeated that story of like, go get these elemental things, go just defeat the empire. Took all of that and just said, we're going to do this better. We're going to refine yeah. that idea. Nine, like I said, it was the one that I got stuck on as a kid. And then nine was the one that I, the first one that I finished where like mm. I knew I'd played through seven with a friend, but nine, I love nine's ending. Like that, that finishing nine and, and seeing that ending was like yeah. my, one of my moments of, I'll just never forget it. Um, and I, I love, like you said, all the tropes that it plays into, like, cause they made nine as sort of like a half apology for eight. Like they were like, okay, you guys don't want all the junctioning stuff, all the different like ways that we like messed with the mechanics or changed it and everything. So nine was this sort of get back, return to form thing, yeah. which like totally works. I think, yeah, I think. I would I would still say play seven. Seven's my favorite by a, a, oh, yeah. a landslide. I just I just love seven so much. But um, so I'd recommend that just to just to tick the box of saying you've played seven. But ultimately, it is nine. I think that should be someone's first Final Fantasy. Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with that. It's either that or 10. 10 was actually made to Ten's be a more great. casual entry. Uh, 10's a things. bit nuts with its story, though. 10 it goes does, uh, yeah. off the rails. <laughs> But wait, but this is the thing, like, there's games that I could definitely recommend that you don't play in mm. the Final Fantasy series. Like, I personally, and I know I get a surprising amount of flack for this, I hate Final Fantasy Thirteen. I genuinely okay. dislike... What? You shouldn't get flack for that. But I, 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 people defend this game because they really like either must be the characters or the battle mm. system or something like that. And all I can think of is it looks pretty, but at the it end of the day, it's not a good game mechanically. Like, mm. you get no freedom for 10 hours. The characters are so unlikable in the first open things because of the way that they're either written to be too zany or like mm. a singularity of annoyance and then you've got like um the the combat system felt really floaty and you never felt in control because of the auto battling thing yeah. yeah it plays itself and i was just like i i am just a passenger and i don't understand <laughs> the story i will hand on heart say i do not understand the whole well, thing the with, lc, like, and, the LC and all the LC, other and like i've had so many people try and explain it to me and i go i understand your explanation right but when I'm playing the game, that is not information that is given to me. Like no, the thing with thirteen, I um, I mean, this is the last Final Fantasy thing. We'll get onto other stuff. Yeah. But um, the yeah, thirteen. I I just remember thinking that oh my god, this looks absolutely stunning. I love lightning as oh, I look like the look of lightning as a character, mm -hmm. and they were channeling cloud a lot for her, and I was like, that's really cool. Um, and the opening is great, looks gorgeous. But yeah, it's just the combat. It's so flat. And I, the thing is, I think that game has had like something of a renaissance over time, or like a reappreciation because a lot of people over time have gone back and done that ten to twenty hour hurdle at the beginning mm -hmm. and then gone like oh but it opens up and it gets way better and it's like yeah that that is valid overall like holistically but that's a massive hurdle to get over and you're always going to be going up against people like us who were like that's a humongous ask to get yeah. over 10 20 hours of slog before it gets a bit better uh, and so i get that and then 13 was the one they span off to do lightning returns and the yeah, other stuff why so. did they do that i don't did it, is it, is it, Final it still 13, sold well enough i guess it must have sold really really yeah. well because final fantasy 
uh, 13 2, mm-hmm. that actually had a really cool battle system in it. I right. enjoyed that a lot more. And I enjoyed the fact that you could time hop between different dimensions. Mm. You could also capture monsters to fight for you, like oh, Pokemon. Okay. And oh. that was a really cool addition. And then they were like, let's get rid of that then. For Final <laughs> Fantasy 13, Lightning Returns. It's like, oh, brilliant. The one thing I actually liked. The thing that, yeah, they kind of did a bit of that in World of Final Fantasy as well. It was just became, it became more like a Pokemon. Oh, I remember thing. that. That's a really cool little game. Like, yeah, there's a very yeah. cool little chibi style tribute to um, Final Fantasy stuff in general, especially with like the amount of summons and everything else that you can just mm-hmm. capture and use and everything. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want salon perfect nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, but yeah, Final Fantasy, though, good stuff. In terms of where you should start, uh, both of us are saying nine. Um, yeah. And overall, I'm sure the eight defenders, the 13 defenders will come will come running between now and next week. <laughs> um, next question, though, is from Schmanz Schmilliamson, an absolute legend of of, <laughs> of the weekly variety, um, who says, do stories in gaming get more convoluted than Kingdom Hearts? Also, are Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond, and James May as revered a trio in England as they are to me all the way over in the States? Now, top the top gear trio, I guess they're now the... What's their new show called? That Amazon thing that they do. Amazon, I've not watched the, it. The long tour. The I don't know. The, 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 <laughs> the, the, it's, it's, it's just called the Dad Show. It's just it is the a dad show, show. It's a show for dads by dads. They were the, the original run of Top Gear when they had like really good celebrity guests and they were like and they were like they they were genuinely quite funny back in the 2000s or at least we I thought they were when I was younger I was like, oh my god they're so cutting they're just saying stuff they're getting away with all these different <laughs> takes and um, slowly turned into just sort of like rancid like you know completely insensitive dad comedy which like yeah. I can go for in <laughs> yeah. some times but it depends how it's done. 
I think that the thing is, is that, um, you know, when you watch a TV show and it uh, goes through those amazing peaks of like, it starts off hungry and trying to prove itself. And then yeah. it settles into a sort of like uh, formulaic thing where you're like, okay, I know what the characters are going to deliver me. But mm-hmm. then they go, right, well, we've got to amp up these characters more and more and more in order to get people watching because they want crazier situations. We're mm-hmm. at season like 33 of like Top Gear, where they <laughs> yeah. have just gone, on, gone into like a nadir of just up their own arse. Like I enjoy are they each... Out in there now, each member of that team, I enjoy singularly. But when they're together, I feel like it's just really cringy. But <laughs> that's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, I definitely and... haven't watched them. I, I used to watch them with my dad. And then it was, I think that sort of helped at like laughing at certain parts of it and stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, Clarkson's got that Clarkson's farm thing now, which I, I haven't seen that. No. I don't care about that. It's, it's all, it all just feels like a, like James May going to Japan and stuff. It, just, it feels like a variety of like, oh, what they like, eh? Oh, they're just, oh, look at them doing a thing. And it's just sort of like, I, there's better people I would go to to watch do that thing for me. <laughs> they do some really strange spin off stuff. Like um, yeah. to, the, to the person who posed this question, if you're a fan of Top Gear, then check out James May's cooking show because it is hilarious, <laughs> but unintentionally so. He's the, like, today I'm going to teach you how to make spam fritters. It's just oh, like, God. mate, try. <laughs> <laughs> I think I like the I like how much they've managed to endure considering that they started as this yeah. Top Gear trio. But um, yeah, I don't think there was revered over here. I think uh, Jeremy Clarkson has largely sort of talked about as the guy that lamped Piers Morgan in the face, which is oh yes, yeah, yeah. as he should be. Um, I, I yeah. Don't. I tell you what the Top Gear team are like. It's like, you know, when you go abroad and you mm. see a beer from your home country on tap and everyone's like, oh, <laughs> it's premium exclusive. It's like, and you look at it and you go, nah, mate, I'm not yeah. paying seven quid for a car lane. I'm like, there's something like, else. That isn't that I, I want something that's actually decent, but they'll be like, <laughs> oh, have this imported beer. And I'm like, mate, it's exported from us for a reason because it's absolute <laughs> bunk. Like, try to get rid of some of it. Yeah. Um, he also said, yeah, what is, uh, are any more stories in gaming more convoluted than Kingdom Hearts? Uh, Metal Gear Solid. I was about to say that. Uh, and Death Stranding. Kojima, yeah, Death Stranding. Um, oh, God, yeah, just Kojima. I mean, Kojima at this stage literally said that during when he was making Phantom Pain that he didn't care about it making sense. He just wanted to write cool stuff, which didn't make any sense. You could play any of the, like, you could play Harvester or Darkseed um, because they are, they are very convoluted and strange to the point mm. where they're meant to be like surreal takes on stuff. Okay. Um, there's also uh, Pathologic you should play if you want to be really confused and Pathologic is the game for you because it's, uh, the, the way that they do it is, <laughs> I'll try. Right, I'll, I'm going to try and sum it up and see. Okay. Tell me where. Tell me where I lose you. The Scott. only thing I know. I know. I know. Josh played through Pathologic Two, and I know what the artwork is, but I've not played it either. Okay. So the setting of the game. Uh, you've got three characters, mm-hmm. and you've got to solve a plague that is infecting a small town. Right. Okay. That sounds simple enough. Okay. Yes. But every single person speaks to you as if they're some really bad off-Broadway actor. Like they will <laughs> like speak in Shakespearean dialogue for no reason. They'll like okay. be very confusing. And also they lie to you constantly for no reason because they've got their own personal well, goals being that they need to achieve. Liars. Exactly, right. Now what if I told you that uh, the plague is actually potentially coming from the earth itself, from being corrupted, from people overmining it, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's from a giant red bull whose blood has soaked into the earth. By the way, there's a giant structure (laughs) called the tetra or polyhedron or something like that that is architecturally impossible, but houses children that from the town that have potentially psychic powers. And also the game is a play 
and <laughs> the developers of the game are in the game and they tell you that they're aware that you're playing the game. So it breaks to the fourth fair, wall that they've just broken. It's not that far off near. Like it's not oh, like, God, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like sort of Danganronpa or something that <clears throat> just throws everything at the at the wall and then staples it there yeah. to, uh, to stay there. Yeah, I've not played Pathologic. I thought it was a way more grounded horror thing, but that sounds way more... Ridiculous. Oh, there, there are some terrifying moments, but how just only when you're doing the combat, mate. Like if you do any of, oh, mechanically that game is so bad, but it's meant I to be on purpose. I swear, like it's right. My thing with yeah the convoluted thing, uh, I would go Metal Gear Solid because I, I for the most part know Metal Gear Inside Out, but there are massive contradictions. There are there are things that literally don't make sense because Kojima literally said he doesn't care, and so yeah. there are things in Portable Ops and Peace Walker that don't line up like timeline wise with like like Null is Gray Fox and they're like the same person. It's but like they can't be because of when one of them had to be experimented on. It's a whole thing and it doesn't matter. But the next question from uh, Pinky who says uh, Jules hey, has Pinky. hey ho Pinky who says Jules has espoused the benefits of having a PC. Do you have any advice on a novice on where to go to build a gaming rig that would rival an Xbox Series X? I don't have any answer to this other than Steam Deck. So I don't know what you want to throw. Yeah, yeah after we <laughs> just discussed that. I mean, that is going to be a lot of people's uh, very easy entry into PC That's literally, gaming, I was I just thinking, I'm going to be a PC gamer by the end of the year, if it works. Mm -hmm. Is it actually dropping this year? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Their pre-orders open tonight at 6 o'clock UK time. And it's 500 bing bang it's, bazinga uh, bings. It's... <laughs> <laughs> it's bing bang bazunga beans. It's uh, it's three hundred and fifty pound for the sixty four gig model. It's five hundred and fifty for the two fifty six gig model. I think it's six four nine for the five twelve gig model. See, so, are you literally just pay, paying for the hard the hard drive upgrades? You're not paying for. Uh, well, see, when it lists the features, um, because I've seen different write ups. One write up said all the internals were the same, and mm. then the other one said on the Steam Deck page itself, it lists SSD as the. Uh, middle and top tier model so i i think the guts of it are the same but okay, i don't know cool. if it's trying to incentivize people differently the way it's advertised but um yeah the storage is a massive problem to be honest i think that's yeah, the because, one like, thing that sucks isn't a call of duty Warzone at the moment like 40 gigs or something like that yeah yeah well the games that they've demoed with it like um control death stranding doom eternal they average like i mean death stranding is like 55 gig or whatever yeah um, so you get like, one game on there you get one game games. and it says that oh you can run stuff from the sd card but i i just can't see that working very well but i mean maybe it will but like yeah it's a uh, it's a thing but in terms of uh series x stuff Oh, yeah. Uh, so my advice to you, mate, would actually be as horrible as it is, just wait a bit, because unfortunately, because of the global crisis that's still going on and supply issues with um, hardware components, the price that you would be paying to build a PC now is probably nearly 1.5 the times that you would be paying right, right. Uh, previously. Um, I was looking at graphics cards. I was looking at um, uh, SSD drives, and I'm just blown away by the sheer amount that they're now charging for mm. them uh, same with memory as well it's probably best to wait until the market sorts itself out but you we might never see a drop in price because now they know they can charge that mm -hmm. they why would they drop it anyway sort of thing like it's a know. weird time i think um yeah i just i, I mean my whole thing with building a pc is like terror I, I just can't i don't even know where i would begin so i'm just mm. kind of i've always just left that stuff alone but um but i know it's like a, it's an increasingly more common thing to do like i like having yeah. capital getting the, the word out for it as well um and his yeah, warhammer collection and his warhammer collection but i guess maybe you wait until um next year um next question from van vilmeel who says views Great. on speed running i don't know if you guys have ever really mentioned it also what's your least favorite type of level uh, mine has to be anything related to ships or sailing looking at you assassin's creed black flag um he also says at least valhalla lets me put it on autopilot which he also calls autopilot oh that's very the clever fun of the week mate come and apply at what culture with, with puns <laughs> like that you'll go far mate slot them in um yeah in, in terms of speed running i think that it's always impressive but um mm -hmm. i couldn't 
I don't know. I don't gravitate towards it. I, I sort of just like, I click on it every now and then I see someone go like, oh, we broke. I like the ones where they break the code, but not yeah. um, using an external thing. I like the idea of people like the Mario 64 one where it's like, oh, if you like um, rotate five times on the spot, jump, do a dive, it breaks the code and throws yeah. you to the end of the level. Um, stuff like that I think is cool, but yeah. um, I don't tend to like seek it out. I don't know if you're like a, a speed running fanatic or not. Um, I do occasionally on Twitch, like go and uh, browse the speedrunning section um, if it's for games, but I never actually have enough time to sit down and watch somebody play through an entire uh, speedrun thing. Same. I'll either find like like ridiculous clips or best bits of or like a, um, like a shorthand thing of like experiencing people trying to beat uh, mm. world records and stuff like that. But um, if you're interested in speedrunning, and I hate to give uh, any traffic to the competition, but <laughs> IGN do do a good series where they sit down with the developers and they actually go okay look here's oh, somebody yeah. beating your game in ridiculous time how does it feel to have your game broken in this manner and sometimes those insights you get from that are hilarious because you get the developers going like wait how did he do that or how <laughs> how did this happen yeah, they, they like, didn't yeah that's cool yeah, that's the, yeah, I think um, it's uh, most of the time if something is like impressive enough, it'll break through and become like a trending viral thing for that day mm -hmm. anyway. But in terms of, yeah, literally sitting down watching someone speedrun, I've never actually done that. I always like try to uh, gravitate towards the highlights. Uh, in terms of least favorite level type, mine's always going to be sewers. I hate, I hate oh, man. sewers in every, I got, I'm replaying Judgment at the minute and there's not that much sewer stuff in Judgment, but there is one doctor who lives in the sewers because he's trying to take care of the, uh, the homeless people who live down there. And he's the only guy you can buy a certain type of medikit from that you need because blades and other types of attacks do permanent damage that you can only get rid of with a medicare so i'm always running down the sewers going to see yeah. this dude trying to get this one thing so i just hate sewers is my main I'm, thing i'm actually going to agree with you on sewers and i think it's because of the fact that they combine elements of other terrible levels as well mm. because you're in a sewer you've got sludgy aspects which means that you'll probably <laughs> either have like slippery controls poison or damage jumping or poison damage then you've got like uh, the waterways that are there so that means you'll probably have water sections which everyone <laughs> hates and then you've just got like the fact that it's usually dank and dark which means that you'll have not be able to see ledges coming up until it's too mm -hmm. late or you'll need to use like special mechanics in order to light the way and you Usually, because in these tight, confined spaces, the developers absolutely love to place exploding enemies. It is a thing that I have seen time and time again. They'll be like, oh, let's ramp up the tension by putting in like a boomer here and Left 4 Dead. And they'll be like, well. absolutely do one. Then. Anything like that. Yeah, like sort of um, enemies where you don't know exactly where to stand to try and avoid stuff. I think mm. that always sucks. Final Fantasy VII uh, Remake had um, two of the worst sewer levels as well. Like the whole sort of thing where it's like, go redirect the water flow because there's all these pumps need to be changed. They're like, go flick this switch and make sure the pressure's right and it's just like what is this like what have you how is this a thing in the like these days like what are you doing um yeah stuff like that it always infuriates me oh go find the key because of course this one little bit is locked and we can't go around it all those little tiny yeah. doors that are on yeah. the side of waterways like just go it, around it, it it's like it's clearly rusted to absolute yeah. uh, like all gone and you just like, you can't kick through it no you've got to go and get like somebody's <laughs> like a uh, little key that they had on a key ring that someone like yeah someone died but you can't get to them until you've like rerouted mm -hmm. the power to a certain breaker Anyway, um, sewer rage. I'm gonna get a shirt that says oh, sewer plus, rage. Plus, actually, it's the worst aspect of um, Resident Evil Two, the remake. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Bit, you know, where, the, where the um, are they the horrible like G monster abominations when they come out and they can grab you and throw maggots up on you? Like, I'm just like, get out of <laughs> my face, mate. They look like the um, the Almighty Poo from um, uh, Conquer. Just yeah, they do. Back for, for they, do. they do. They um, do. Next question from Mackenzie Young. Haven't played any Final Fantasies responding to before, but have played the Ori games. Yes, mate. Thank you. <sighs> yes. Someone else has played the Ori games. Which boss fight are you most proud of beating? For me, it's the Radiance in Hollow Knight. Also, shout oh, out to nice Hollow Knight. Nice one. Yeah. Yeah. 
Massive shout out to Hollow Knight. Yeah, fair out. That's a difficult boss battle, to be fair. I think, I don't know if I've told the story on here or not. I think I might have to. It might be a chatty face thing. Um, but my one would be just Orange Scene and Smile from Dark Souls, because mm-hmm. that thing resulted in me. I, I I scratched my face getting so annoyed at that. <laughs> I just sort of like put my hands, you know, like sort of like, oh my God, like can't yeah. deal with it. Put my put both hands to my face. And then I was so annoyed because I kept losing. I just kind of went, like moved <laughs> my hands down my face. And I left all these little marks like in my face. And that was when I was just starting at What Culture. So I had to go in. It was back when the team was like, like six people big. It actually was just before it was before you as well. And I had to go in and I was like our bosses. And it was only like I said, it was only like six people. And I had all these like red marks all over my face. <laughs> and uh, they were like, Are you all right? And I was like, Oh yeah, like uh, the neighbor's cat got out and the cat oh, got me. And, like just it only went for my face though. Like oh it's just <laughs> went, went for my forehead somehow. And um like yeah that was the whole thing. But yeah, how about you? Have you seen uh, by the way, uh shout out to Rach who used to work for us uh yes. culture now doing her own stuff. Don't Rach quit. She managed to beat Ornstein and Smo with just with no rolling weapons damage yeah <laughs> using yeah, Kirk's armor that is insane mm-hmm. big credit yeah, massive to shout out to her um yeah her reaction as well to beating them was like the was like the shaking that i did where yeah. I was like, oh my god i'm actually through it um yeah mine would by, by far be uh unseen and smell um what would mine be i, I guess actually uh, i'm very very proud of the fact that i managed to beat um uh, king dyson cuphead solo on, like, i was very happy to be able to mm-hmm. beat him for the first time because it was just like I know that a lot of people nowadays are like, oh, you just got to like bounce off of the parry jump off of the cards and then shoot him. And I was like, yeah, but at the time, <laughs> I was just really like, when, when, when it happens, you're just kind of like, ah, my fingers oh, are God. gone. Like, well, Cuphead's one of those games that I need to get back to. Like I, I, I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the end of the third area, but I'm just like, I'm just fighting that little rat in a tin can. And I was like, I just don't, oh, I, can't, I don't, bum, I don't need me? this. Like, I managed to beat the B. But after a while, I just I just sort of tapped out on it. Like I just as you know, at some point maybe I'll go back. But then knowing that the King Dice fight has that randomized yeah, element to it, yeah. I was like, it's just going to make me do the face thing again. And I can't <laughs> I can't do that again. And um, a final question from Sawyer, who says, "What is the best game with the worst or most boring box art?" For me, it's Spider Man PS4. Now my best mind goes to um, Batman Arkham City, which was uh, which always comes to mind for terrible box art. It was just like a plane. It was like an oh, old white thing. Yeah. All the quotes are all over yeah, it. It's like yeah, ten out yeah. of ten best game and it just looks terrible um most boring box art is probably binary domain as well that's a genuinely great game overlook game by the yakuza team uh doing a third person shooter but the the box art looks generic as hell it's just like a marine on the front with one gun it just looks oh yeah yeah (laughs) i mean anything that has the sort of like classic uh white dude walking away from explosion style face like (laughs) just so overdone oh my god bomberman the uh when they remade oh yeah i'll try to reimagine bomberman uh act zero whatever it's called and he's just like being like a badass space marine on the front and it's like it's bomberman like what are you trying to do but um yeah there has there has been some absolutely horrendous box art i mean if you want an absolutely um a size splitting one go check out the uh the snares version of uh pac-man to the new adventures oh yeah yeah. what's the thing you think of when you think of pac-man uh sort of like pellets and pizza sort of like like a pizza shape perfectly fine you probably don't think of patman screaming in fear as he's on a hang glider just going off a cliff i remember when they tried to like anthropomorphize a pack of more i'm gonna give him legs he's gonna have a little face and like yeah right do okay. adventures and he's in 3d right. so so for any game developers out there listening to this if you've got a cute mascot and you ever think to yourself let's try and humanize him some more don't 
just don't. We've got enough humans on this planet. I'm yeah. sick of looking at the ones that I already know. I don't want to look at something here that looks like an abomination half house between a Muppet and an actual Muppet. You know what I'm I saying? I would take so many more animal protagonists. It's one of the things that I wanted to love more about Biomutant, like that new game coming out called Fist. Um, whether Fist, they, classic Fist. name. I forget what it stands for. It's like, so I can't even think, I can't even imagine what that thing stands for, but it's called Fist anyway. And um, that thing is all about, they designed it from the character first. So it's like this character with like a mechanized arm, like Bionic Commander yeah, style. Yeah. Um, and they designed the rest of the game around that, but they wanted to make an immediate character um, from day one. I think that guy looks cool. It's like, it's a rabbit as well. That's what I should have said before, <laughs> is that it's a rabbit with a mech arm. But anyway, thanks everybody for sending in their various things. It feels like a lifetime ago since we actually discussed Final Fantasy and the Switch I OLED know. Steam Deck thing. Um, but yeah, thanks to everybody for sending their stuff in. I didn't even say that this is the UPP, the UPP, a UPP. The Untitled Banter Podcast. We'll have another one for you next week. But thanks to everybody. I've been Scott Tilford, joined by Jules Gill. Thanks for having me. And we'll catch you all next time. Bye-bye. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.